0: Hey guys, welcome back to the old cranky bones podcast. I'm your host, Chris Wilson. And as always at the start of the show, I like to say thank you so much for downloading the episode for being here with me this week. Here we are on episode seven. Can you believe it? Episode seven. Hang on. Hang on. Got to take a sip of coffee. You know, if you've listened to previous episodes, this is my thing. Got to keep the pipes warmed up. Give me just a second. man so good so good hey listen guys a little bit of housekeeping i want to get out of the way real quick up front if you have not already followed the show or subscribed to the show or whatever method your particular podcast platform of choice uses um or how it describes it i know some you know like apple podcasts at one point you would subscribe to the show and you would get it automatically downloaded into your library uh, for you to listen to on a weekly basis, so that the episodes would be there as soon as they come out, they changed that to like following the show now or something, and whatever it is on you know Spotify these days, whatever app you use to listen to the show, I don't give a rip. I'm just happy that you're here. But if you haven't already followed or subscribed, I would strongly encourage you to do that. Not only does it help me and the podcast grow, but it also makes sure that you don't miss any content if you are enjoying the podcast which i hope you are which is another reason why i hope you've tuned back in for this episode this week so um do that now like subscribe follow whatever the hell it is get it done you're not going to miss an episode and uh, i just want to say thanks i want to say thanks for you guys for being here um the show's growing a little bit week by week i'm only 7 episodes in so it's still fairly new still hasn't gotten a lot of exposure a lot of people are starting to find it I do share a, a link to every episode on Instagram Threads, which is my primary social media home now. Um I don't like to share the show on Facebook because in my opinion Facebook has become uh just a cesspool of garbage. And look, I get it that Threads and Facebook are both owned by Meta. I get it. It's still a little bit of a different social media experience for both as we well know. There are some well-defined differences there, but I don't go on Facebook that much anymore, and I don't share the show on Facebook um, because, honestly, I don't think the audience for my podcast is on Facebook. I really don't, and I've really trimmed down my friends list on Facebook a lot over recent years because, you know, I just I don't use it. There's just not a lot of people I go on there and communicate with anymore. If I've got somebody on Facebook that I want to talk to, I'll talk to them in person. Some of them are coworkers. I'll see them at work. I'll reach out if I need something. The only thing I'm on Facebook really for nowadays, uh, honestly, is just groups for sharing and, and discussing information on certain topics or, um, you know, shopping deals or something like that honestly, that's really it. That's kind of where that platform has evolved. So I'm on threads. I love threads. Threads has been a really good alternative for Twitter. You all know, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, how I feel about Twitter, I'm not going down that road again today. I promise you, but I'm on threads. And if you're interested in finding me on threads, if you're interested in following me on threads and I'll follow you back, if you're enjoying the show, you can find my handle on there. It is old cranky underscore bones, or rather it is at old cranky underscore bones on threads. If you've got an Instagram account, you can find me on Instagram under the same thing, same username. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, oh, you know what? One more thing I almost forgot. If you go to the show notes for each individual episode, there is a link that leaves you an opportunity to leave a voice message for me. That may or may not get played on the show, but if you've got any feedback from me that you want to leave by voice message, by all means, use that link because I get those automatically delivered to me and I get to hear what you've got to say as well. Um, So whether it's positive feedback, negative feedback, it doesn't really matter. You have the right to express whatever you think. Use that link. Give me some feedback. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you want to leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcast, whatever, you know, again, whatever platform you're using, leave a review for the show because it does help promote the show a little bit. It helps get a little bit of exposure out there. Whew, man, that was a mouthful. So, you know what? There's a lot of stuff that's happened this week. Um, yesterday, Rudy Giuliani got hit with $150 million in damages. Uh, in the penalty phase of his civil defamation trial, uh, where two election workers from Georgia were suing Rudy uh, over the very frivolous and damaging lies that he's been spreading about them ever since the 2020 election, lies that he's continued to spread, defamations that he's continued to make and be guilty of outside the courtroom in his own damages trial. Rudy's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, guys. He has lost it. He, I think he lost it a long time ago. He has lost his sense of right versus wrong, and it's a real damn shame because at one point, Rudy could have written his own ticket, his own political future, but over the years, he got involved with Donald Trump, and we all know what happens when you get involved with Donald Trump. Shit goes sideways. It happens to everybody. There has, to the best of my knowledge, never been anything good over the long term that has come out of having a close political relationship with Donald Trump. There just has not been. And quite frankly, Rudy is getting what Rudy deserves. Every bit of what Rudy deserves. He did it to himself. He's continuing to do it to himself. He's like Trump in that he's old and set in his ways and he thinks he knows everything and he's not going to change his mind regardless if he gets hammered with damages or not and he probably can't because just about the only money that Rudy's got coming in anymore comes from his ridiculous ass podcast where he goes on the air and does all the crap that got him a defamation suit to begin with Rudy has to keep that money coming in guys that's all he's got left Rudy's got expensive taste you know he put that 4 and 6 million dollar whatever apartment of his up for sale in New York Rudy likes to go to fancy hotels in New York and eat dinner, wine and dine, so forth and so on. Rudy's got expensive tastes and expensive habits, and he just took a hit, and he's got to keep some money coming in in some way. So he can't go out and apologize and say things like, hey, I was wrong. These two ladies in Georgia, they're fabulous ladies. They're patriots. They went out and served their country and their community simply by volunteering to be election workers. There was nothing nefarious going on. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm paying my penance now. No, he can't do that. Even if he wanted to do that, which I don't really believe he does, Rudy can't do that because he's got to keep the rubes sending him money that believe in the lies that he's spreading, just like Trump. Just like Trump. Anyway, I digress. So what do I want to talk to you guys about this week? There was something that came across my Threads feed recently that caught my eye. And I remember the feeling that I had when I first read this story. Um, I was angry. I was angry because, you know, in the past I've talked about mass shootings. I've talked about the proliferation of guns in America. I've talked about the damage that organizations like the NRA, in my mind, Have done to this country over the years. An organization that, honestly, as far as I can tell, started out rather innocently years and years ago uh, when the NRA first emerged, Uh, but over the years has become a political lobbying group that, in my mind, has been primarily or at least partially responsible. For the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans whose lives ended tragically as a result of gun violence, whose lives did not need to end as a result of gun violence. I do blame the NRA in a lot of ways, but I'm going to start out what I want to talk to you about today with a little bit of a clip, and this is from one of my favorite movies. So here goes
1: For the record, yes. I am a card carrying member of the ACLU, but the more important question is, why aren't you, Bob? Now, this is an organization whose sole purpose is to defend the Bill of Rights, so it naturally begs the question, why would a senator, his party's most powerful spokesman and a candidate for president, choose to reject upholding the Constitution? Now, if you can answer that question, folks, then you're smarter than I am, because I didn't understand it until a few hours ago. That clip
0: you just heard is from one of my all-time favorite movies. It's 1995's The American President, and it stars Michael Douglas as fictional Democratic President Andrew Shepard. Now, in the clip, Michael Douglas has been taking attacks from a right-wing Republican politician uh, who's running against him for the presidency uh, for his affiliation with uh, the ACLU. Um, and the reason being is that Michael Douglas's character in the movie Uh, is romantically involved with a woman um, who's also affiliated with the the ACLU and has been uh, involved in um, political demonstrations in the past. And uh, the Republicans, doing what Republicans do in real life, are using that as cannon fodder uh, as an attack method against the Democratic opponent to try to gain ground in the race for the presidency. And so they're assaulting the president verbally for his affiliation with the ACLU as well. And he comes to the ACLU's defense there, and he talks about what the ACLU does, which is defend American civil liberties and the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. Um, Things like freedom of speech, things that Americans need to have defended when the time is right. Now, why did I play that clip? Because there's another clip I'm going to play you a little bit later on, which is an interesting sign of the times from back when this movie took place, Uh, Back in 1995. And it's also connected to the main story that I want to talk about this day. And it's just an interesting dichotomy of these two viewpoints. But the reason I played that clip is because as I was scrolling through threads recently, I discovered that the ACLU apparently is going to be representing the NRA in a court case in the Supreme Court. They're going to be defending the NRA's position. The case is known as. The NRA versus Volo, uh, in which the NRA is claiming that a former New York official by the name of Maria Volo violated the First Amendment by pressuring companies to sever ties with the NRA following the 2018 Parkland school shooting. So, the ACLU's decision to represent the NRA in this case, according at least to the ACLU, is based on their commitment to defend the First Amendment and civil liberties for all regardless of differing political views. Look, I get it. I understand. But I also think that the ACLU's decision to represent the NRA uh, could also be considered controversial because they do have conflicting views. Some ACLU supporters believe that supporting the NRA conflicts with the ACLU's mission. I happen to be one of those, especially when you consider that the NRA stance on gun rights which really can be perceived as contrary to certain civil liberties, uh, is at play here. You know, the representation creates tensions, bottom line, uh, between the ACLU supporter base. And in my viewpoint, it seems contradictory to their core values for some people, um, myself included in that particular case. Um, Here's the thing. In my viewpoint, The ACLU's core mission, by their own admission, is to defend civil liberties for Americans. You could make an argument that no organization, no lobby in the history of this country has done more damage to civil liberties than the NRA. And that's why I think the ACLU needs to stand down from this one, why they need to back out. I just don't think it's a good look for them. I understand why they've decided to take this stance, because they think it's tied into their core principle. But when you look at it from a uh, 30,000-foot viewpoint, it just looks horrible. Let's face it, the NRA stance on gun rights is where the contention with civil liberties arises here. While advocating for the Second Amendment rights to bear arms, the NRA's position often clashes with the broader interpretation of civil liberties related to public safety and individual security. Again, when you talk about an organization that has been responsible primarily for the complete proliferation of firearms in this nation, like the NRA has, an organization that has continually lobbied through misleading media campaigns television commercials, radio commercials. Hell, they even had a damn streaming network at one point. What did they have? It was like NRA TV. Dana Loesch used to be on there. They had some of the most dystopian programming you have ever seen in your entire life, pushing fear on American citizens, all to promote the sale of firearms. They bastardized the Second Amendment to make money and promote the sale of firearms. And as a result, Americans have died that did not need to die. The National Rifle Association has blood on its hands, long-standing over the years. Not only blood on its hands, but the blood of kids. And yeah, I'm pissed off. I'm furious about it. I'm pissed off. Bottom line, there has never been an organization, in my opinion, that has been more responsible for the unnecessary deaths of all ages of Americans than the NRA. The NRA has lobbied for looser gun restrictions. They have lobbied against gun safety laws, gun safety training. Anything that might perceive as damaging to Americans' rights to own whatever firearm they want to own, as many as they want to own, and in any way that they want to own it, the NRA has pushed that viewpoint. They've pushed that perspective legally. They've funded those programs. So don't give me that civil liberties bullshit. What about the civil liberties of the victims? What about the civil liberties of the kids that died in Newtown and Sandy Hook? What about the civil liberties of the Jamie Gutenbergs of the world? The promising teenagers who were gunned down at Parkland? What about the civil liberties of every child that ever grabbed a pistol that was left out on a nightstand by an irresponsible damn parent who probably shouldn't have had one to begin with because of mental health issues or previous criminal offenses, you name it, whatever damn reason that that weapon was left out for that child to grab on that nightstand, what about their civil liberties? What about the civil liberties of the people were gunned down in a grocery store in Buffalo or the people that were gunned down in a synagogue in Pittsburgh or a church right here in my home state of South Carolina. Because when it comes to the NRA, they said, fuck those people's civil liberties. They had no respect for their civil liberties whatsoever. Their right to the pursuit of happiness, so to speak. What about those civil liberties? Don't give me BS about the civil liberties in the NRA. The ACLU should have backed out of that one. The NRA would have been just fine with the lawyers they had. They didn't need ACLU lawyers. This is one core founding principle they could have, at least in my opinion, sidestepped a little bit. They could have opted out. I'm sure there were plenty of other battles out there that the ACLU could have picked. But no, they chose to be on the side of the NRA in this one. And ultimately, I think it's just a bad look for the organization. And it's kind of funny based on the next clip that I'm going to play you. Because Andrew Shepard's out here defending the ACLU on this clip in this movie from way back in 1995. But at the same time, a subplot in the movie is he's got this crime bill that he's trying to push to get reelected. And it's brought to his attention that his crime bill is bullshit because the NRA has pressured them to remove like 150 different types of weapons or whatever from this crime bill. So ultimately, if he were to pass this thing that he's going to try to use as an excuse to get reelected by saying, hey, look at all these weapons I'm getting off the street to help prevent crime, when even though the bill probably wouldn't have done squat to prevent crime, even though he's done all this, ultimately the NRA was going to get its way. And then he makes the statement that, I'm about to play for you now when he realizes that this crime bill he's going to pass is absolute garbage and he needs to do the right thing. And here's the statement
1: The other piece of legislation is the crime bill. As of today, it no longer exists. I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing it out and writing a law that makes sense. You cannot address crime prevention without getting rid of assault weapons and handguns. I consider them a threat to national security, and I will go door to door if I have to, but I'm going to convince Americans that I'm right, and I'm going to get the guns.
0: (laughs) Now, isn't that interesting? Here's a president that is staunchly defending his relationship with the ACLU. And in that same very speech, even though this took place way back in 1995 in a fictional movie, he's going on about talking to every man, woman, and child America and making sure they know how bad guns are, how dangerous guns are, how assault weapons and handguns are a threat to national security. I seem to recall I made that same statement a couple of episodes ago. And you might say I was influenced by Andrew Shepard a little bit. Maybe so. Maybe I happen to have a similar political viewpoint in modern days. Um, But I was also pissed off about the shooting that had just happened up in the Northeast as well. Um, And I still feel that way today. I still feel like assault-style weapons, and frankly, I feel like handguns are a threat to national security. I don't have a problem with responsible gun owners owning them. What I do have a problem with is people owning 27 to 35 to 45 of them. Uh, military style assault weapons, things of that nature, military style weapons, assault type weapons um, just for the hell of it thirty five to forty of those and I have a problem with the fact that it's so easy for people to get access to those weapons these days that a, you know a twenty one year old can walk into a store and you know lay down some cash and walk out with a damn assault weapon in some areas that's what I have a problem with. I have a problem with the fact that the NRA has worked their asses off over the years to oppose universal background checks, to resist bans to assault weapons, to promote the hell out of so-called stand-your-ground laws. We're talking about laws that allow individuals to use lethal force in self-defense without attempting to retreat from a perceived threat, laws that disproportionately impact marginalized communities. And have already been proven to create scenarios where the right to self-defense, con- excuse me, where the right to self-defense conflicts with broader civil liberties. If you want to go back to civil liberties and the ACLU's argument that have increased violence, that have endangered innocent lives. If you don't believe me, just ask Trayvon Martin. Oh, you can't. He's dead. You know why? Stand your ground law. But the NRA has also advocated for state preemption laws that have limited the, local, um, the ability of local governments to enact their own gun control measures. So when you've got local governments that have decided they've had enough with gun violence in their community and they want to enact local measures to do something about it, the NRA has stepped in and they've tried to put a stop to that. They've interfered with the research on gun violence, things of that nature. That's an affront to civil liberties. Everything the NRA has done is an affront to civil liberties. And the NRA is the last organization, the very last organization, that deserves to be defended by the ACLU. And they're the very last organization that the ACLU should consider defending. I can think of several different organizations that the ACLU would be better served in helping out. I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too in this situation. If you're going to defend civil liberties, then how about defend the civil liberties of folks who have had their lives upended by gun violence? What about their civil liberties? Take a stand on those civil liberties. Have some balls and tell the NRA to piss off, to go where they belong in the dustbin of history. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Old Cranky Bones podcast. I appreciate you downloading the episode this week and for being here with us. Your support means the world to me. Remember, you can catch all the episodes on your favorite podcast platform of choice, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and you can stay connected with me on social media and continue the conversation on Instagram threads under the username of at Old Cranky underscore Bones. That's at Old Cranky underscore Bones. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider leaving a review or sharing the podcast with your friends, family, or anyone that you think might enjoy me ranting about the NRA or the ACLU for a few minutes. Your feedback fuels my drive to continue bringing you this content. Thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope you guys have a fantastic week and a fantastic holiday. Stay safe and take care, everybody.